Metal Sucks podcast fans. You guys want to know what's going on and what's new at Metal Blade Records this month? Let me tell you. The first thing I want to talk about is the latest release from The Ocean, Fanriazoic Live. It's coming out this November, guys, and it is a stunning live audio-visual presentation of The Ocean in all their prog glory. Make sure you guys are checking out the Fanriazoic Live, guys, the live videos right now at metalblade.com slash the ocean. Also new in the web shop, some classic reissues from the great Lizzie Borden. Make sure you guys are checking out Deal with the Devil and the Master of Disguise LP reissues, which are both going to come out this month from Metal Blade Records. And last but not least, Grease's Web. It's W-E-B. Their record, Coliseum, will be coming out. So check out all these wonderful releases from the Metal Blade Records, dude. Go to anymerch.com slash Metal Blade Records. Once again, The Ocean, Van Riazoic Live, Webs, Coliseum, and the reissues of the Lizzie Borden Classic LPs, Deal with the Devil, and Master Disguise. Go to anymerch.com slash Metal Blade Records. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, all our friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by my right-hand man. Right-hand man, Brandon Gooch-Hahn. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And he's on the left-hand path. Make sure... To follow other co-hosts. That was a that was a sinner's path, by the way. Yeah, what was that all about? Left hand path. You're a sinner. Okay, cool. <laughs> Make sure to follow our other co-hosts, guys. That's Jocelyn Sharp, J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. And she's on TikTok at the Wizard of Jaws. And of course, Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow me, I am at our other podcast handle, Rise to Offend. That's at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, super excited to finally get to talk to someone from Imperial Triumphant. Zachary is going to be joining us here for the interview. We are here to celebrate their new live album, An Evening with Imperial Triumphant, guys. One of the most fascinating bands that have come out in the last few years. I'm really excited to, to chat with them, so make sure you hang in there with that interview. But before we jump into my interview with Zachary, let's talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. Education we're giving ya Manipulating facts with opinions We got you in the palm of our hands Pushing you to hate is part of the plan So thanks for the power you've gifted us We're worthy of your mind and all of your trust Dying for our cause, you'll never regret it It's Metal Sucks News, prepare for your lesson We'll take good care of your soul You'll be safe under our control now, before we get to the, I think the the big story we've got to talk about is is this Kid Rock song. But before we get to the Kid Rocks, let's talk about something good. Let's get positive uh-huh. before we jump into this this Kid Rock track. And the positive news of the week: someone created a Lars Ulrich toilet. Now, I know that sounds like it's not a positive, but this thing is awesome. 
How is this? Yeah, first off, how is that not a positive? This is, this, let me just explain what this toilet is, though. Okay, make sure when you it talk lo- about it, real quick, uh, before I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but metalsucks.net go and you have to see the picture of this actual toilet because it's hard to explain a human being toilet. But go, Brandon, explain it to him. Yes. So what it is is it looks like some. It looks like a regular toilet, but then it's but it's skin colored. And then it has like Lars sitting on top of it. So it's like a full body Lars is already sitting on the toilet. And then and if you were going to be dropping a deuce, like you would be you would basically be like it would almost look like Patrick Swayze and Ghost and, and Demi Moore and Ghost like, with <laughs> Lars Ulrich behind you while you're shitting. You're sitting in his lap and there's no dick. Yeah. Too. So it's a dickless Lars yeah. while you're, uh, you're yeah, sitting so, in his yeah. lap while you're pooping. It looks like a Ken doll. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's yeah. no dick. So it's like there's no dick and balls, but it's like, but he's just sitting there, and and then if you're gonna be peeing, like you would just basically just be peeing right between his legs. And the look like, on the toilet's face. Let's talk about that. It's like he's looking it, down. He's looking upward at you. You know, yeah, like almost like, in a why, sexy manner. Like, come here. Almost like, why aren't you shitting here? Come is hither. almost what he's saying. Come yeah. hither. Like, pee in my face. <laughs> he's like, how? He's like, how have you shit other places? Why aren't you shitting here? This is where you need to be, buddy. Is making a, a life side toilet of someone an insult, or is it, um, you know, a, a beautiful thing? Well, let's let's talk about that. If someone made a, a toilet where, I, first off, they chopped my dick off and they pooped where my penis and balls would be. I don't know if I'd be offended, creeped out. I'd definitely be creeped out. Let's go there. Or I'd be like, wow, wow. Because this is an impressive amount of porcelain and, and work here. That's, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, it's like when you look at the the work that went into this, I think Lars would be a little taken aback. Almost like, wow, somebody put in this much work on my behalf. This is amazing. And then if I were Lars, guess who's shitting in the Lars toilet? Lars. Why wouldn't you? It's right there. Oh, there's, there's an ego for you. It's like, <laughs> I, I need my toilet version of myself, and nobody yes, else can. It's, it's, it? it's like Al Bundy in the in, where he made his throne in the garage. Like nobody can use this toilet. What was that toilet called? I forgot already. But from Married with Children, it's like Lars has his own version of himself in the toilet. That's hilarious. Dude. Yeah. Like honestly, if I could shit with myself behind me. I, God knows how healthy my prostate would be. Now, let me ask you this. If you were like, uh, I don't know if this person's married, single, whatever like that. But say, you know, let's just Definitely say. Definitely single. Okay, I'm leaning towards <laughs> single myself. Let's just say has a lady over, you know, or whatever. Gentleman caller, whatever you're into. Doesn't matter. And the guy, I, the lady's like, I got to use the restroom. Hit the light on. And you've got Lars right there to pee in do you call it and leave the rest of the night or do you just finish up with this and be like that's cool let's go or is it like it's a wrap like you have to you have to have this is like a blow-up doll to be this toilet that's what i'm trying to say if i if i introduce a woman to the large toilet and then she comes back and says nice toilet and then uh she better straddle it though like i I want her to go i want her to go that route (laughs) Like straddle it, go go backwards. Look into the eyes of the Lars toilet and let her rip. <laughs> you just like made like a porno out of the Lars toilet. That's gross, bro. <laughs> no, I see the straddle thing, but dude, you I don't some, think you play some right. You play some Righteous Brothers Unchained Melody, and you just let it happen. I think you got to play Metallica. 
What's what's a well, sexy okay. Metallica song? Uh, let's see here. The um, God that failed. No, I don't know, bro. What's a sexy Metallica song? Probably Sanitarium. Mm. Bro, we're we're stretching. There's no Barry White in the Metallica catalog. I, I'm I'm thinking like the memory remains. It's got to be on load or well, reload. It's got to be. Right. Yeah. It's got to be during the, that campaign. If, True. If, if it flushed, <laughs> I would make a song when it flushed. It would be something off Saint Anger. Tick 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 tock tick 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 tock hey, tick 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 tock. <laughs> Frantic would be the flush for me. <laughs> <laughs> If it's a number one, it'd be something else. I like think, same I think anger, you, oh, you know, something. This is ridiculous. I think when you flush, I think when you flush this toilet, it just goes fuck Napster. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, I don't know if we can riff much more on this Lars Ulrich toilet, but make sure you go to metalsucks.net and you see a picture of this thing. It's pretty. Um, I, I, crafts, craftsman wise, I'm impressed. I really am. I thought we did a great job riffing, and yes, it is craftsman wise. You have to be impressed with this. I mean, it's is it weird? Absolutely, it's fucking weird. It's super weird, but does it make me unimpressed? I have never Googled human porcelain toilets this is the first one i've ever seen so maybe it's a thing out there that i'm unaware of maybe there's a rihanna toilet that you know happened 10 years ago i don't know okay i really don't know right i gotta poop i, I need boobs on my back when i you know i can't have Lars's drumsticks there and so <laughs> different strokes for different folks bro it's okay. I get it, bro. What, but so this is a first for me i've never seen this and when you said that the visual of straddling it to use it I'm telling you, bro. My my, I I see I see too much now. Anyways, uh, do you think if he he can sell this toilet for a lot of money to a Metallica fan? Uh, I'm sure there. If so, it's one of a kind. Absolutely. I mean, and if there's a Metallica fan out there with it with just completely disposable income, sure. Oh, there is. <laughs> I can yeah. guarantee you there is. <laughs> so. I just want to make. I just want to see. My only thing is, is I just want to see. Lars used it. Now, I don't want to see him use the toilet. I just want to see him sit on it with clothes. You know, just just to just to see the resemblance. Like a before and after. Because the thing is those two is it's Lars like in nineteen eighty five. So it's like he's got the old Lars hair, the old long Lars hair, mm-hmm. sleeveless mm-hmm. shirt, you know, and then he's sitting there with no pants on and no dick, but whatever. It's Master of Puppets Lars. We can give that. Yeah. Yeah, Master of Puppets Lars with no dick and no pants. Mm-hmm. Totally normal. <laughs> my my one critique is he's got drumsticks holding. His, he's got his hand on his stomach and the drumsticks are kind of sticking out. I would have put the drumsticks in both hands on the side so I could put toilet paper on there. There's my one critique. Okay. Because you, okay. you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I, you, you know what? Got to yeah. make it a, a usable why not type add, of thing. Why not, add it, add, why not add an extra function is what you're saying. Oh my we got the technology. We have the technology. Let's use it. And the fuck me eyes that he has on this toilet. Just, I can't. I can't get over it. It's disgusting. I can't I know, even dude. look at the toilet. It's like staring at me. He's like, yeah. It's how drawing you, you in. <laughs> how are you going to be? How are you going to be able to piss when you got a constant boner? It's not going to work. <laughs> I don't think anybody thought Lars Ulrich had fuck me eyes till this toilet was born. And now, now, yeah. now it's like that's uh-huh. all I can see is this creep. Someone make a fucking horror movie out of this toilet. <laughs> right? so. He's got. A, he's got hungry eyes, dude. Moving on. All right, moving on. That's all we could do. Wanting. Uh, Wanting. Yeah, I know. It's just he's just looking at me. Yearning. Yearning. Fran tick 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 tock. He's like, yeah, that's right. Somebody needs to go boom boom. Yes, come on, man. (laughs) Right over here. 
<laughs> if a lady straddled that toilet, I'd run. <laughs> I'd be like, get out of my house. Are you kidding me? I would. Are you kidding me? I'd run to the. I'd run to the jewelry store. It's time to ring it up. <laughs> I guess who Mrs. Han is from now on. You, madam. Oh my god! All right, moving on. Moving on to something uh, less intelligent than making a toilet out of a human being. That's a rock star. <clears throat> Kid Rock. Oh, perfect. I love it. I got nothing bad to say generally about anybody. I don't have anything bad generally to say about Kid Rock. I don't Uh, have anything bad to say about Kid Rock except that it's like, you know, uh, other than like the the songs just really are are unintelligent. Like Hmm. it's just. When there's a misfire, though, when there's a misfire, um, you got to talk about it, right? And, uh, and, I mean, Kid Rock put out a song. First off, it's uh, he did American Badass, talking about Metallica. He did a, a hit. Everybody probably knows American Badass. The Undertaker in WWE, when he stopped being the dead man and he went to the biker route, uh, Kid Rock's theme song, American Badass, was his come out music. So it's like he did the American Badass. If people haven't heard that song, uh, you know, he pretty much took Sad But True by Metallica and he made a song where he wrote his own little raps and said American Badass a bunch of times. And, and uh, equally as dumb, if I may. But um, at that time, that song was a hit, and The Undertaker came out to it. So it gave it some relevance, you know? Someone came out to Roland, too, back in that WWE Attitude Day. It's funny how the songs like you hate. When a wrestler comes out to it, you're like, good. a wrestler came out to Rolling too. Or he came out to Rolling, yeah. and then American. All right, so Taker doesn't have good taste in music. Moving on. So, But he takes a song by a Canadian band, Monster Truck, um, you know, cool band, whatever. If if it's your thing, but very much like a kind of like a it's southern rock, southern it's rocky like southern, band, southern southern hard rock. That's what it reminds you of. That's you know. But they're having fun. They're like one of those fun bands. I don't want to call them kind of like a parody band, but it seems that way in a lot. If you go check out their songs and stuff like that, they kind of have a little bit of a parody to them. But you know what? It looks authentic. Their style and everything like that. So I'm not saying anything about a monster truck. But he took a monster truck song, and he started writing some lyrics to it, and then put it out there. And in essence, we have the lyrics here. And it was a misfire, big time. But um, And he put out a video. Oh, man. Oh, the video. Oh, the it's video. It's so perfect. For it's people so that perfect. haven't seen it, um, I'm just going to tell you this much about it. And and I'm not saying you have to watch it, because it, it, some people are get no, upset no, no. and offended. Stop. Stop. I, I think you should Stop. watch Stop. it. Cause, go ahead. You need to watch it. Everybody needs to watch it and feel better about yourself. You know, like, oh, you need to watch it. Just so you guys know, Kid Rock flies to space on a middle finger rocket with. While holding, okay. A gun. A thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a middle finger rocket and, and it's like, and he's basically like straddling the middle finger. Okay. Yes. And he's, and he's heading up into space. And he's got one, and as he's like, like holding on, so he's like, he's like bear hugging the middle finger, and he's got his legs wrapped around the middle finger. And in one hand, he's got a forty-five magnum, and in the other hand, it looks like he's got a bottle of Maker's Mark. Yes, <laughs> it's just like, and he flies, and he flies to space yeah. like, like a, like a Mister Evil, Doctor Evil from Austin Dr. Powers, yeah. dude. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's dude. like it the looks big like Doctor Evil. <laughs> He's so bad, Mr. Bigglesworth. Yeah, dude, that's what it looked oh like to a T. But instead of Mr. Bigglesworth, yeah. he had a forty-five and a, and a gun. Exactly. The song starts. Oh, man, if Joe C was still around, he'd be he'd be mini me. But he, like, oh, uh, that's so 
If Josie was around, he'd be mini me. Oh, bro. There's I'm some, sad. That's, I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, it, it's you, not too soon. It's not the, too soon. Okay. Let me just tell you how the song starts off. Okay. Oh, Kid Rock, who was very clearly in his 50s. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is where, this is where it's, it's like, at, at, like acting tough when you're this old, it's like, it's just, it's just funny to me now. Like, stop it, dude. You're a cartoon character now. He starts off the song with fuck all you hoes. No, Detroit. Do, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Fuck Detroit all you till I die, motherfucker. Talking all that bullshit. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to live. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the song. And it's just like. Like, there's a couple of songs. Oh, I can, I can, I can, I can. And that's the thing is that you would think at 50, he gave up the rap rock thing. I feel I haven't really fully paid attention. So maybe there is rap rock songs on his record, but I feel like he gave that up in like 2003 or something like that. Or the American right, Badass. That's time. what I'm saying. And then he tried to go back to it. Like, it just didn't work. <sighs> yeah. 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 Lyric, here, here's here's a, a little taste of the lyrics in verse one by Kid Rock. Devil without a cause, you heard me scream it. And 20 years later, bitch, I still fucking mean it. Bucka, bucka, you ain't never met a motherfucker like this. Kiss my ass, then you can suck a dick sideways. My way or the highway, listen up, ain't nothing changed here. I still don't give a fuck. So what the fuck's up with all the backlash? You snowflakes, here's a news flash. I just feel like, I just feel like, look, Kid Rock rose with ICP in that Detroit uh, white right. rapper uh, time frame, you know, and somehow ICP owned his ass in 2021 when it comes to the rap game. <laughs> right? that's a, I know, that's dude. a big well, statement is- right there. ICP's like, Kid Rock, you have not grown. You have not grown. We're still talking about shit, but like we could at least put a rhyme together that's a little bit better than this. Maybe. Dude, well, here's one. Here's one. <laughs> I'm like Reverend Run. I'm like... Reverend Run, I'm like, or David Lee Roth, like Springsteen, bitch. I'm the motherfucking boss. James Dean, shit. I'm more like Brad Pitt, a little less pretty, but I sling more dick. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know when you when, when when somebody hits you with that. I mean, that's that's the next Hey Jude, if you think about it. <laughs> uh, and is it is this a universal out. thing that Brad Pitt does not sling more dick than uh, uh, yeah, I, that's Kid Rock? Saying. I'm like, when did when did Brad Pitt not sling dick? I I feel I like was, if, I was always under the impression that Brad Pitt was slinging a lot of dick because of because I mean, look at all the women that you know. Yeah, I feel like if you're like Hollywood elite, your divorcees are the A-listers of Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie. I think they trump Pamela Anderson. I, that's just me, you know. But I, I I feel like that that statement on Brad Pitt is just not warranted. It's unfair. Right. Well, you know what? I mean, all I'm saying is, is somebody needs to make a Kid Rock toilet now. <laughs> Somebody needs to make a Kid Rock toilet. Oh. Yeah, get on it. Get Ma- on make it. sure America's the dick bad. is on that one. All right, but yeah, um, exactly because it better be bigger than Brad Pitt's because it's. Uh, I rip more lines than a ten pound. Okay, okay. Look, wow. Okay, go. Okay, I I, I ended too soon when I was reading the Brad Pitt line. Um, I twang more riffs. I slide through grass. I rip more lines than a 10-pound bass. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's so bad, dude. It's so bad. It screams PBR Tallboy, like, all day. Like, it's so bad. 
No, not if PBR tall boy, it, it's more like like Natty Ice, like Bush Light, like oh my god, like it's so bro it, it i tell you but like i said the doctor's uh the the doctor evil rocket with the middle finger was i mean i laughed so hard i couldn't even it was probably my favorite moment of the video well dude but now. as you know as as you know though pete like i'm a big i'm a big proponent of freedom of speech okay and that's oh, yeah. basically what kid rock is saying right here so it's like i don't disagree with what he's trying to say like ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live all right i don't disagree with that but when you deliver it in such a dumb way Mm. like how are you gonna be able to rally the troops when you sound like when anybody with a high school diploma is gonna listen to this and go oh kid rock like what are you i don't know man like and and the best comment now this this when something's is this lowbrow, if I may, you know, like like you just kind of, I don't punch down, I, even though it sounds like we're making fun. I don't punch down. It's like, whoa, bro, this is a misfire, right? This is pretty bad. I'll let this go. The best part is some people, and we're going to go into the next story, which is tied to this, take this seriously and are like offended yeah. by this ridiculous ass song. The best comment that was made was by Weird Al Yankovic, you know, the, the classic parody guy of all time. And he flat out said, to everybody that's congratulating me right now on my new Kid Rock parody video, let me clarify, that's not me. That's actually Kid Rock. And right. This feels like Amish paradise. Immediately, the video, everything, you're like, whoa. Right. If you're a Kid Rock fan, you're slapping yourself in the forehead and being like, Bro, are you kidding me? Like it's 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 embarrassing. No, 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 no. If you're a Kid Rock fan, you've already you're good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're probably stoked. You're just kind of like, yeah. Well, he knows oh, his exactly. audience. Then moving on. Kid Rock went back to before he was a sellout, man. You know what I mean? It's just like it's old school Kid Rock before he sold out. Like it's just, I'm telling you, dude. That's this is right up their alley. This has always been Kid Rock. Okay. <laughs> This has always been Kid Rock. So the sad part but, to, to me in this story, and I'm not saying you're right. This has always been Kid Rock. Um, it's different in these modern times, obviously, the message. He hasn't grown up in, in since he got popular, and he's digging his heels in well, and he sticking even, to his way. It's, he, even says, he even says it in the song, man. Yeah. 20 years, and he, don't, he still don't give a fuck. Mm-mm. He's he's taking a middle field and rocket to the sky with some exactly, with a gun and right, some dude. beer <laughs> or whiskey. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go finger the moon. So um, the thing that I was like, oh no, man, Danko Jones, Canadian artist, hard rock guy, cool guy. Nothing bad to say about Danko Jones. He gets super offended by this song, and he pretty much attacks fellow Canadian and not parody act, but if you pay attention, kind of parody act, Monster Truck, right? And he just kind of lays into him because he's Canadian. And he calls him a racist. And he says, all the, oh, you're tied to Kid Rock. You're a racist. Just huge generalization. Um, and pretty much, yeah. I think, goes over the top, you know. And uh, that's where I was like, yeah. oh, bro, the fun is gone now. We can't make fun of this. Like well, Now, now people are, are really fucking taking this ridiculous-ass Dr. Evil shit serious, you know? Like, well, 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 this is what I'm saying. If you would have just took it the way you and I took it, okay? Like, let's just say, let's just say we want, like, 
I mean, go we've ahead. seen music you, videos who were like, God, I, I wish that was me up on that stage with Metallica. And then you see mu- music videos and you're like, thank God that's not me. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. Just, thank God I have no talent. No tie to this like, whatsoever. Thank- like, thank God I'm not like in this. And and so, you know, and this is this is obviously leaning towards that side. I think most musicians are like, whew, thank God I'm a little bit better than that. But anyways, continue. Right, continue. Right. Danko well, Jones, though. Hmm, no. But but that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like you could have just gone the route that you and I went with it and just went like and kind of laughed at it and be like, all right, whatever. I get what they're trying to say, but oh my God, what a misfire. Mm-hmm. But then you take the Danko Jones route. Now all of a sudden you're giving this song power. You're giving the song power now. You're giving it power and you're giving it like some sort of strength when it's like, bro, this is I can see a 14-year-old kid write this song. It's that that's bad. That's what I'm saying, and dude. That's what I'm getting at. We're and it's using like you could some level. Like, yeah. Danko, Danko, you could have just made, you poked fun at it a little bit, but instead now all of a sudden you want to call this guy, like r- make really hideous comments. Like, I'm sorry, man. They, like Calling somebody racist in this day and age, that has repercussions, dude. And it's like, you saying that, then like, how's this other guy going to feel and, like when you hear that, when and, he hears that? And he, he Danko Jones, uh, the tweets are on MetalSucks.net. They, they do a great job of showing everything that Danko Jones had to say. Uh, Monster Truck um, does do an interview, and uh, there is a here. I'm just going to read a little piece that's in the article that Monster Truck responded to. There's a lot more in the interview if you guys do want to hear, but this is the part on the actual article. I've never called anyone a. This is his res, Monster Truck's response to Danko Jones calling him a piece of shit or racist and all those things. I've never called anyone a piece of shit to their face. I don't think in real life. The dude didn't even use my name, didn't use the band name, and he said these harsh things to me personally. I don't know, man. I'm really hurt by that. It's super offensive. My mom's going to read that article, and other people are, and this guy is really painting me out to be something. He's got no idea what I'm like. He's got no idea what my friends or family are like. It's some pretty harsh shit. Now, in fairness, you're out there. Your mom's going to read things. You're aligned with Kid Rock. That's on you. Okay, monster truck. Yeah. yeah. By the way, yeah, you're you're worried about your mom reading shit, and it's like, why don't we go down the lyrics of some of, of the of songs the song. that Kid Rock so, just said? Yeah. You'll never tell me shit. You'll never flip my script because I'm more outrageous than the Vegas Strip. You're like Mayberry, bitch. I'm hard and crisp, high risk hillbilly, but I'm filthy rich. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think anything Dako Jones <laughs> said is as bad as the lyrics of that song. I'm with you on that. So let's just, I'll skip that part. Um, but the the point is is that Danko Jones then responded to this dude, man. Responded to him. And this is what he says. Playing the victim days after releasing an anti-snowflake anthem coupled with gun imagery is right out of the alt-right playbook. Also, framing me as angry is an old, overused racist trope. It's exactly what racists do. Oh, bro. He didn't just double down. He didn't just double yeah, down. Yeah, dude, you triple down. Well, he, guess he's not. lost yeah. everybody, dude, right? And you're no, like, dude, yeah. how... Danko Jones, how did you let the Kid Rock song win? How the fuck did you do this? Left That's, people yeah, out there. It's, you do not let thing, some dude. shit like this beat you. This is so bad. Well, and now who's and the villain? I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying, dude. Uh. And it's like, you're going to go ahead and just all right like what did he say in that music video like that was so bad it's just like well we've heard we like if you listen to danko jones music it's all it's all about yeah fuck you bro i'm gonna do what i gotta do and i'm gonna fuck your girlfriend in the back of my cadillac but yeah dude and it's like this guy's over here basically this guy's going to the same simple hard rock you know and i'm not saying i don't like danko jones's music but what i'm saying is it is very basic acdc-esque 
style of, of songwriting. And Monster Truck is right on board with that same style. But just because they're doing a song with Kid Rock saying, fuck you, you're not going to tell me what to do. Well, now all of a sudden you're going to drop this heinous fucking accusation and then you're going to double down. Yeah. In defense, like, Jesus, Kid Rock's tied to former President Trump. Trump is tied to alt right and racism, yada, yada. Right. So he's taking the fact that he's working with Kid Rock and then projecting it at that dude. Which, but again, but my but, I mean, but look, I, that's I the jump. I see where he's seeing things. That's the jump. Yes, but of course, that's where I see things. But what I'm saying is, though, is like the only way that you're going to be able to change people's minds. And I said this so many times. This is where I go. This is where I launch it. At, like, again, Kid Rock, you were trying to be like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, libtards. And you came off looking dumb as shit. Yep. So it's like and, and guess what? Now. You see the left, and they're coming off. And guess what? Like, Dago Jones, you don't sound smart saying this. No. As a matter of fact. Now you you sound more like the alt-right and their style of of governing, you know, where it's my way or the highway. And it's like, and now now you might be part of the problem. Now, Now, all of a sudden, you just became just as evil as the opposition. The stereotype is what yeah. what I'm trying to avoid in these uh, these weird altercations between you know sides and and it sucks because he he hit the stereotype right on the head where the other side's unwilling to listen just like he's unwilling to listen to the the nonsense but like to argue about something so lowbrow ignorant Dude. and stupid yes there's an audience it's, out there we all know that but we cannot but, but, get angry over a but a, all a I'm saying is pretty much of of stupidity right. Yeah, but all I'm saying is though is I can promise you this: Danko Jones probably rocked out the songs with the same exact fucking message as this song right here before. But because Kid Rock was attached to it, he's going to go ahead and attach the worst possible uh, message to it because of his political affiliation. And yeah. it's like, dude, you got to give people a chance, man. I'm sorry, I don't agree with I don't agree with Kid Rock's politics. I don't. You know, what I mean, I think. I, we we were just tearing apart his song, but it's like, you know, but you just have to. But honestly, though, when you, when you're laughing at Kid Rock, that takes all the power away. Now all of a sudden, you're you're making it out like he's evil. Now you're giving him power because people are now going to come to his defense, like I'm doing right now. Like the guy's not evil; it's just bad. And Monster Truck came out saying that he responded and attacked him just so he can get the spotlight and publicity on him. And it's just now it's just all ugly and we can't all laugh at Kid Rock together like we were you know, like, right, just right. like two days prior to Danko Jones saying something and uh, like, pointing just let us laugh, dude. let us laugh like dude. Danko Jones like Danko Jones if you would have just let him if you would have just let the whole fucking all of us laugh and point at this song bro that would have that would have hurt. The opposition way more than your stupid fucking tweet. Yeah, you don't get you don't get mad at I'm too sexy for my hair by right said Fred. You just don't get mad at it. You just like holy shit, and then that's a hit. You know what I'm saying? You just let it go right. and you move on. But damn, we got to force the politics and stupidity on. Uh, I mean, again, Kid Rock forced it on there, but dude, he's catering to his fan base, and this being his fan base is embarrassing. I think for a lot of people, but those that aren't, dude, let them be. They exist. We ain't going to move anything going forward. But anyways, uh, support Kid Rock. Support Danko Jones. Support Monster Trucker. Make your own opinions out there. 
Um, support yeah. the Lars Ulrich toilet. We're not here to judge or say anything. We're just here to report the news and you know talk our shit, I guess, a little bit. And that's what we did. But um, the video is ridiculously funny, dude. I got to tell you. It is. The original it song is. by Monster Truck, if you haven't heard it. I feel like it's it's a hit. I heard it so many times. Um, but it could. I don't know if it is. Do you guys play it on the radio at Comp? At Monster no. Truck? No. no. Okay. Well, whatever. I've, I've heard it a bunch of times. So maybe, I, maybe I'm hanging out with too many Southern type friends. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> so, anyways, with that, guys, that's that. Two news stories is all we had to cover this week. There's a lot going on. With that, let's get to the Brendan Bundler. The reason that you guys are all here, let's get to my interview with Zachary from Imperial Triumphant. I'm looking at these NFTs, right? A lot of bands are doing these things, especially bands with this visual style and stuff like that. Are you familiar? Have you been paying attention to these? Because I haven't bought an NFT yet, but I'm like thinking about it. Yeah, NFTs, this. you should definitely get into NFTs. Oh, are, are you personally into them right now or no? Not as much as I should be, but I definitely have made more money with NFTs than I have with music. So there's definitely something to be there. And I think the beyond that, People have such like a negative outlook on this stuff. It's really much more beneficial than people think, um, especially for the music industry, which has just been getting destroyed more and more year after year. You know, for one example, you can see like there's uh, companies starting to shoot up that are uh, selling tickets on the blockchain, mm-hmm. or as you know, as an NFT or something like that, and that is like unbelievable. So imagine you buy a ticket to a show. And you have your ticket there, right? That's it's there. You can't like lose it or anything. It's because it exists on the blockchain. And if you wanted to sell your ticket to someone, that person could verify that it's real. It's not like a, a, a fake ticket or a scam. They can verify it through the blockchain that it's a real ticket. And then when they buy that ticket from you, the band that you bought it from gets a cut. I mean, that already helps like with the whole scalping issues and people trying to rip off bands. Then there's a whole, the whole other world of like perks that I see bands doing. And um, I just think it's really beneficial. I'm not so into like a band just selling pictures, you know, mm-hmm. as an NFT, because we're not visual artists, even if it's, there's a visual aspect. Like, I think there should be something more to it personally, but I don't hate on nfts as much as other musicians seem to do well change is always scary and the last major change i think in this industry um like you said it it downgraded um maybe the um i don't want to say the worth of uh, music or the artist but it 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 didn't make it as much of an event i think because when the internet came it kind of made it so accessible that it it kind of hurt it so i think that there's this this pause almost where people are like, all right, well, is this another thing that's going to be able to be easily controlled by people with power? And then the DIY stuff is going to get affected, but you're very positive about it, which I love. And I do agree with you on a lot of aspects. I am. I am. Yeah. Um, what are the negative aspects? Do you think that they can't hurt a band on? I mean, I don't really think there are any negative aspects Mm -hmm. because it's not necessary. It's not necessary to the music industry. You know, if you want to be a band, you don't have to make an NFT. It can only help you if you use it. So there is that uh, aspect. And then it's just, I think there, it's just also, this is just the beginning. And I think there will be a huge new uh, 
world for musicians and artists to explore as this kind of like metaverse and all this shit expands and gets a little more legitimate, uh, legitified, a little more legit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, uh, I think that if you, you can, will we'll just become a tool to help you if you want to, if you want to use it. And I agree that, with you. That's, that's no, I, I said, you know, I think that things that are starting off at the, like right now, how it's starting off the populators getting there, there are the doubters. This is when you want to, start making these moves early on before it becomes something that's, I don't know, I don't want to use the word trendy, but something that it can't help out as much. This is the time to to look into it and see. Uh, that's why I'm looking into yeah. it. I'm trying to purchase them and trying to, like, that's what I'm kind of at right now. I, I haven't done anything real, but I've been doing a lot of uh, research. And because I'm such a fan of music, that's where Research I'm... is so helpful, man. Yeah. And yeah, and honestly, dude, like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why people would hate on something that's, can help them because like as far as music industry is right now it's not great so it's not like we're falling from paradise you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like things are not great so like anything that's going to help me yeah i'm in a hundred percent with you and it's it's it seems to be not just the music it's it's the arts man um it seems like movies acting all these things these these are avenues that are definitely going to be um, helpful, and that's something about the future. There is a lot of change for um, for art in general, the way we consume it, um, the way younger people who drove it to popularity um, have to try to kind of get back into it. Do you feel that that the best avenue is to kind of see this digital world and all the things it has to kind of uh, get fans back to that same excitement? If we go back twenty, maybe thirty years, that uh, rock and metal used to have. I mean, look, I don't know what the future holds, but I think you have to embrace everything. You know, I think that there's people that will only, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, like there are people who listen to Imperial Trumpet exclusively on Spotify, which pays the band almost nothing. And then there, and that's fine. I don't care. It's we are, it's our choice to be on Spotify. Uh, um, and then there's people that will only listen to Imperial Trumpet on vinyl, which is a very older, uh, more uh, physical, analog way of imbibing the music. And that's cool, too. Like, I want to uh, cater to all fan types and all people that want to... They want a digital experience, they want an analog experience, whatever. You know what I mean, Peter? I do, my <laughs> man, I do. I do 100%. Yeah, so... And uh, I have Alphaville on CD. I want it on vinyl, I'll be honest with you. But the new... Album. I would recommend it on vinyl because it's definitely a, a, a very nice, like, as far as, like, vinyls, like, staring at them while you listen to them, this is one of those. Yes, and that's that's the thing is that... A lot of details to explore, a very fun album to look at. And and that's the beauty of the, the resurgence of vinyl is that it does, it is the most artistic, satisfying um, for, for, for us fans. And that's what I love about it. And the album we're promoting guys, if you guys don't know, is an evening with Imperial triumphant. It is out now and it is available on vinyl and digital. That's the two platforms that you guys are offering this, uh, awesome live, uh, piece on. Tell us, was it very, very important for you to have this on vinyl, this uh, live album as well? Absolutely. And, um, when you, if you, I would encourage people to get it on vinyl because it's definitely one of the. It's the the physical 
uh, layout of the record was designed for vinyl and we'll do like a whole uh, unboxing, whatever. But it's basically like the idea is to make it look like an old 60s record because, you know, the cover is an homage to Money Jungle, which is one of our favorite albums. Mm -hmm. So the whole layout, back, front, insert, all that is very vintage 60s jazz album. So if you want to get that full experience and not just be staring at the cover on a, you know, on a, as a thumbnail on your phone, like you should definitely pick up the vinyl. It is so cool looking. And the only thing that's not classic 60s jazz record about this vinyl is that it is 180 grams. So it's heavy. It's fucking sounds amazing. And uh, yeah, we're in the studio right now. We just listened to it on Colin's record player at 16 RPM, which is like half speed. Mm -hmm. And that is also insane. That's an interesting so thing. We were just thinking, oh, you don't do that? Oh, no, no, I've never done that. So, speeds? Do, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I like that. So, yeah, we do that all the time. So, like, you're getting like th two albums. <laughs> you're getting the regular one, and then you slow it down half speed, and you get the most deranged Death Doom album you've ever heard. Wow, dude. All for the price of one vinyl. <laughs> that is awesome. Have you ever listened to one of, like, for example, the, the new album have you, if, or the new the live record, guys? Everybody, once again, it's out now. It came out on Black Friday. Make sure you guys are picking it up. Um, have you ever listened to it and be like, we need to somehow make this translate into a live version of this track because of the way it sounded on the, on the uh, half-speed record? We thought about it. Mm. <laughs> we thought about, like, recording this. Well, first of all, it would be impossible. Yeah. Like the way that the drums are, the drums sound insane. Like, you know, one Tom, like I'll play one, right? Like here's, here's Collins Tom, like, like that, imagine that still resonating, but pitched down, you know, so much lower. Like maybe, I don't even know, like a few octaves, maybe it felt, it, felt, it was just like the heaviest thing. But maybe I've definitely thought about like printing to vinyl, leaving a record out in the sun for like a couple days and then recording that because I love when records get wobbly, but it turns out they have effects for that. So you can just do that instead. Oh, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> there is an easier way. It's not way. such a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's an easier way. For the same effect. Isn't it the worst when it's like there's an easier way for the same effect and the effect is better? <laughs> That's what hurts. I'm like, yeah, Man, exactly. All right. I did all this work, but this effect. But is... yeah, I would definitely, yeah. People should, who own record players, I mean, I'm sure they do that. It's such a fun uh, way to in, take in a record that you've heard over and over. It's just like, oh, let's see what it's. Sounds like sped up. How about slow down? And you get like different genres. We got a, me and my wife got a bunch of these Herb Alpert records um, on vinyl recently. Oh, and the Tijuana Brass. Yeah, the Tijuana Brass. And, um, I have some. They're amazing. Okay. What's, what's you got? Uh, I have, um, okay. I love the title thing. The one with the girl with the whipped cream on the on the front which is whipped oh, cream. whipped cream and other delights yes and other delights i have that one and then we got the Dude, one. that record rocks that is my favorite by That's, far the song lady fingers is unbelievable i want you to know that my wife said i only bought it because of the cover and i said listen i bet this is the highest selling record of his because of the cover but i didn't buy it because of the cover i bought it because as you said, everybody said this was the best one. <laughs> right, so. And also that cover rules. Like that's a cool cover. It's an amazing cover. It is uh it is very sexy, if I may. 
for people that don't know, make sure you're super, it's you're, super sexy. You're, and also like her, her Balfour rules. Like, I mean, yeah, some of his shit a little cheesy, but it's, he's, a, he's definitely like a guy who did a lot of business back in the day. I mean, the university I went to in Cal Arts, uh-huh. the school was called the Herb Alford School of Music. So it's, it's not like he didn't, you know, know what he was doing. No, and and he started A and M Records. Isn't am I wrong, or is that someone else? Well, say, yeah, no, yeah, that's him, he's right? the A. He's the A. He's the A in A and M Records. Oh, my first A and M record was Loud Love by Soundgarden. Everybody out there, and I remember staring at the A and M and being like, "Hmm, what is this?" I like this. That was my exactly. that was my first one. But no, and the one we got before that is him on the cover with the girl in um in a uh and there's like a almost like a cathedral type of thing. And it's the one before. Um but I know back in the day they'd put out records like three a year. But they were both from sixty eight. Yeah. And um Yeah, so man. I'm gonna i I'm gonna half speed those. Is that gonna work out for me? Dude, it's gonna sound hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've been doing a half speed on ABBA records, and they sound crazy. Okay, there's a there's another record I bought recently because my wife made me. It's Danzig sings Elvis, and it's not good. If I half speed oh, I that, heard it. I didn't listen to it. Okay, yeah, maybe it'll sound better. <laughs> it sound better, dude. It it'll sounds... sound like Danzig. It'll sound like Danzig sings Elvis sings the devil. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna totally do you, that. One. You can also speed it up too. You know, like I used to take suffocation albums. And speed them up, and they would turn into like black metal albums. It was fantastic. Uh, I think I'm. I think I might do that with the. Well, the Danzig one might not work. I'll tell you this though: the vinyl's like the. It's a uh, purple. It's like a uh, leopard print with purple and black spots. So the vinyl looks really cool. So I'll give it that. But yeah, the record sounds like oh, yeah. a, a karaoke. Just a karaoke record, and we spent. I spent like thirty. I heard hours. it was didn't. Do, yeah, I heard that that record wasn't very good. I, I haven't listened to it though. I, I'm not going to tell anybody not to listen to it. I did purchase it with cash money, everybody out there, so I'm allowed to talk about it. Um, but I'm telling you right now, it, it uh, I bought it the same. The reason I bring it up is I bought it the same time I bought the two Herb Alpert records and the same ones. And we got a Harry Belafonte record as well. Just I did not listen to yet. Oh, yeah. Classic Belafonte. Dude. And so... Um, <laughs> And that's the beauty, though, of I guess record shopping. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to slow down the Harry Belafonte, man. I think I got to keep him at speed, right? He's got it's the voice. He's, he's iconic. He's iconic. Uh, when it's the vocal thing, it's so hard for me because it's uh, it's beauty. But I'm really excited about the Herb Alpert records to to get yeah, deeper. Yeah, just tell it. your wife that the reason you got whipped cream and other delights is because Ladyfingers is on it, and that track is such a fucking charming. 60s romantic little vibe i love that one. Oh, dude i am gonna i'm gonna bring that up <laughs> you know you know when you bring them home and you're like this and i'm like yeah yeah it's cool <laughs> right? yeah exactly. <laughs> she's like i'm like yeah there's something about that that just drew me that's why i bought the second one so i can have an, a, an out and be like no i bought two of them because he's amazing. right yeah. no it was a two for one <laughs> i had to get this one <laughs> so, so awesome man so um back to the live record uh just uh, love the chat everybody one more time guys if you haven't pre-ordered it or picked it up i'm sorry it's out right now imperial triumphant's evening with imperial triumphant is out now guys pick up the vinyl make sure you're getting the digital copy i'm lucky enough to have been listening to it the last month i got the interview late because it's been such a great moment for me to listen to this thing and i'm, I'm so happy i got to but you guys recorded it in the slipper room in new york city can you tell us about that venue that area and kind of any history that you know about that that spot where you recorded 
I mean, I used to live around there. It's kind of like changed a bit. The slipper room used to be like, uh, you know, the Lower East Side used to be like kind of where like a lot of artists were living and that whole like kind of Lou Reed hang. And then um, now it's a little trendier, but the slipper room is like an old cabaret club. And when we were scouting locations for where to shoot, we were thinking like, okay, Plaza Hotel or the slipper room. And I was just like, you know what? This is like the, the real vibe that I want is like this, all the history and, and sleaze of this old cabaret club. And it still looks amazing. The people that run it are were super nice and super generous. And we were very uh, grateful that they were able to, you know, let us in and shoot. And it, the whole thing went very smoothly, albeit a very long day, a very uh, successful day. Nice, dude. No, it sounds like a, I, I've never been personally, but it sounds like a really cool venue. And uh, me being out here in Vegas, there's all these old cabarets. And I and when the casinos get money, man, we I don't want to say we gentrify the cabarets, but we do. You know, we, we make it look where it's timely. And I that's the one thing I hate about, you know, growing up out here because I'm born and raised is just remembering that there was always a sense of what's the word I'm looking for? A sense of losing in some of these cabarets like this is where you end up when them tables said fuck you right <laughs> right and now everything right. has yeah, this sense of sleaze exactly you're like oh dude you don't want to end up at that cabaret um because you won't have money to tip the waitress that's gone and everything now screams is like everybody's a winner right <laughs> so, and um that's cool i don't i that's I, cool i've never been to vegas before but oh. um i feel like i would enjoy the the people watching I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, man, uh, it's a one-of-a-kind city, just like yours, obviously, the greatest city in the world you guys live in. Um, but um, it's, uh, it's a so one- So they say. <laughs> so they say, I know. Well, well as, a, as a, I am a tourist, obviously, I've been there many times. I never got to see the old 42nd Street that I saw in the movies that I thought were so cool. By the time I got there, it was disney But I just remember the appeal of that same, like, kind of fear- you know, of New York City, and I never felt it. I always felt safe walking the streets, riding the subways. Every time I've been there, I've been there for eh, a handful. Definitely of a lot safe. Definitely a lot safer. That's for sure. You're definitely not wrong. Yeah, but back in the but, day, um, it looked scary, right? I mean, in the eighties, well, it I was. Guess. It was, yeah, legit. I mean, I wasn't around in the eighties, yeah. but even in the nineties, they were like, "Don't." They were like, you know, they would say stuff on the on the train, like, "Don't pull your cell phone out while you're on the train," like. Because you know, like shit like that, and like yeah. there was certainly like an element of like you're in a certain neighborhood that you could you could walk down one avenue and just be in a different neighborhood very quickly and just have to kind of keep your wits about you and act, not act like a tourist, not act like a not act like you're lost. And that definitely doesn't isn't so much anymore. But there's still tons of crime. It's just kind of random, I guess. I wonder. See, I wonder about that. I wonder if I'd rather have crime centralized or random. Like, I I know that's a weird question to say. But There's definitely like, been a handful of like slashings in the subway over like the last year. I remember the news where people were just getting like randomly slashed in the face by people. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. 
I I saw um, this probably isn't relevant, but I saw it was relevant to New York, New Jersey area. But on a gangland episode, that the Bloods, in order to join, you had to do something called a buck fifty, which is a hundred and fifty stitches to someone's face, and they would slash people on the subway. I'm not making that up. Jeez. At least I saw it on I saw it on a gangland people. And this this isn't now, but I just remember thinking that was like the scariest thing. Just random people would get cut across the face, like for and they had to try to get 150 stitches in their face to join the gang instead of getting jumped in. And I was like, I'm not messing with the bloods. <laughs> That's what I learned. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely parts of New York you still probably don't want to go to. I just it's uh, harder to get to them. Yeah, absolutely. No, well, that's or you just you like you wouldn't find yourself in there, you know. And that's the same out here, man. That's the same. Growing up, I knew do not cross that road, this and that. And now it's like we cleaned it all up, and and I mean, still yeah. thing. There's, I'd po- say, like even but even Times Square is still pretty fucking scummy, just like a different type, you know. So yeah. sleazy. If you go one block avenue over, there's still all porn shops and peep shows. It's just not maybe as blatant. And that's crazy that those are still in existence because we got a ton out here too. I just feel like with phones, that would be the first thing to go is like these arcades that I, I drive by. It's like twenty five cent arcade. I'm like, what is this? You know, like people are putting maybe in- maybe people go ironically. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's nostalgia. Let's put in a quarter and I've see. I've never that's been to like a, porn. yeah. Pe- I've never been to a peep show, but I don't I imagine. If I were ever to go, it would be ironically and not like, oh, I'm going to, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm totally with you, yeah. And I, I feel like I'm not judging people out there that are listening because, look, I grew up in a different time. That doesn't even make sense to me. But I wonder if I was a, a 17 or 18-year-old kid during that time, if those peep shows, I'd just be like, I just want to walk in that that energy and that fear because it's it's bad place. It's I wonder- probably the grossest fucking energy of all time <laughs> dude right that's so true man you're like looking at people going it out you're like i'm not them <laughs> you know, like, so. yeah i don't know man this is like i might go my whole life without ever going into a peep show i'll just say it now on on record <laughs> I'm a, i am i'm 40, who knows who knows 41 years old and i never have done it so i think i'm in the clear now it's all it's it's the youth that I'm scared of the 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 scare when I was right. young I was scared of my decision making skills now oh man yeah don't talk about it be about it that's my mantra I don't I don't even say nothing I just do the right thing now the one thing I, I did want to talk about dude you did recently complete a tour and that was your guys you guys did do the live stream on the Behemoth show and I did want to touch base on we that did. Um, but you did complete recently a tour it was a couple weeks how did that go and what were the extra precautions you had to take to to finish up that tour this last October tour was amazing i want to thank everyone who's listening that came out to see us it was fantastic i couldn't have expected a a better run uh huron our opening band was amazing they killed it every single night we um just had our best turnouts ever and there was just like an overwhelming outpour of like people excited to see live music people getting so hooked up by the music and you know it's a headliner tour so everyone that's there is there to see you so that feeling was truly tremendous and we're so grateful for everyone that uh supported us and bought merch and it was a very very successful tour albeit too short and uh we can't announce i can't announce anything yet but we have a lot of new 
uh, touring opportunities coming up that are going to uh, take us to great, greater places. Exciting. And that's, dude, that is something that I think the fan base was clamoring, you know, to see you guys and, you know, everything like that. And the fact that the, that run went so well uh, as a headlining run, which going into a headlining run, um, are you nervous when you are the, the headlining act? Or is it something that you're like, this is just, this is our show and we get to call the shots. It's going to be great. It's going to be our fan base. What are the feelings that you I mean? Get? It's pros and cons. Yeah, I guess. You you know you're the headliner. You have to you have the main responsibility of the draw and of uh, putting on the the best show or whatever, and trying to make uh, make it all worth the ticket price. And at the same time, you get to enjoy all the glory that comes with that, if there is. And you, um, it's just it was just really great to see everyone so hooked up by our music and their energy pushed us to work harder and the uh the live show every single night just got crazier and crazier and we were just putting together an unbelievable rock show on a you know very small budget we don't have any pyro or anything wild but we're just trying our best to think creatively and outside the box to do something uh unique and something that no one's ever seen before Beautiful man, I, I'm excited. I've never seen you guys, you know, besides the live stream, obviously, which is a, a different event altogether. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm super excited. I'm hoping you guys hit the West Coast up. We're not announcing anything yet, but the way things are going, it sounds like it, it's very possible. Last question I want to ask this is kind of a tough one. As a musician, we're talking about the live record, we're promoting the live record, guys. One more time, an evening with Imperial Trumpet, it is triumphant, it is out right now. Make sure you guys are picking it up. When you're performing on a live audience, on a stage, and there's all that crowds going on, tell me what's going yes. on through your head during the whole time. Any song, any moment. But what, what, what is the main thing that shuts you off and focuses you in on what you, what's going on? I mean, look, anyone who plays live will say that different things go on in your mind as you're performing, of course. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's an hour-long set. You could be thinking about other things. But I will say this, there's always a moment, if nothing's going wrong, <laughs> if like, if I'm not concerned about, oh shit, do I sound like trash or is, is my mix, my, my stage mix horrible? Like if nothing's going wrong, there's always a moment where I look out and I look at my band and I'm just like, yup, <laughs> this is what's up. Like, this is why I'm, you know, I'm drove, you know, 2000 miles out to the middle of the country to be here and perform for these people. Like this is the feeling and this is the sensation bringing these songs back to life that I'm spent, you know, hours and hours mixing and mastering to the point where I hate them. But now I like them for this brief moment where I'm performing them with my brothers in front of this crowd that wants to hear it. Like what a great feeling. Man, and that's the magic of it, and that's the connection, the human element of art and everything that we love. So that's beautiful, and it's captured here. I know we don't have an audience on the record, guys, but an evening with Imperial Triumphant. Make sure you guys are picking that up. With that, Zachary, been a huge fan. I'm so glad I finally got to talk to you. Thank you so much, my man, for calling My pleasure, man. Thank you so much.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is off of the live record in Evening with Imperial Triumphant. It is out right now, guys. Make sure you're picking it up. That track is Transmission to Mercury live at the Slipper Room, as we discussed. Second song we heard is from a band called Darkwoods, My Bethrowed. And that is uh, Tomas's band from Nightwish. That's kind of his other band that he does, this black metal band that he's done for a year. Their latest record, Angel of Carnage Unleashed, is out right now. That track is In Evil, Sickness, and Grief. Guys, if you guys dug that track, make sure you're checking out Darkwoods, My Bethrowed. Angel of Carnage Unleashed is out right now. With that, we want to thank everybody out there with the five-star reviews we keep getting on the Apple iTunes. We got a bunch this week. You guys are the best. That's all we ask for as a podcast. We always get this show out. We always, it's, it's hard. As you can see, we're doing more and more Skype because of how life is, and Thanksgiving happened yesterday for us. But we don't ever forget about you guys, and we always try to make that happen no matter what. So a five-star review is all we ask for for you guys. We truly, truly appreciate all you guys. And all the support on our other podcast, Rise to Offend, the documentary discussion podcast. Danko Jones brought up Colin Kaepernick in the, um, his tweets against Kid Rock. We did an episode on Colin Kaepernick. Go check it out. It's a two-parter, and we do the whole documentary on the guy. So if you guys are interested in hearing that episode, Rise to Offend is the name of the podcast. Make sure you guys are checking it out. And with that, my friends, until next hey, week. real quick. Go. Can, I, can I say something mm-hmm, real quick? Mm-hmm. Here, years ago, we all thought it was a joke, see, that every kid got a motherfucking trophy. But yo, homie, here's the situation. A nation of pussies is our next generation. Uh, sounds like every 50-year-old, every generation years ago, just they rapped better, I think, in the 30s and 50s. <laughs> oh, I'm going to soar like an eagle. My wings will carry me away. I've got the heart of a lion, and I get stronger every day. It's like Dr. Seuss wrote this shit. Yeah, but just so you know, wings didn't carry him away. A middle finger rocket did with a gun and, yeah, and, and some whiskey. All the way to the moon, <laughs> and he's finger-blasting the Milky Way. <laughs> all right everybody (laughs) hopefully next week we get something as ridiculous as well to talk about it but until then we'll talk to you guys soon the metal sucks podcast is signing off